of the Hob Nation USA podcast and my microphone's fixed. It's all better, everybody. My audio doesn't suck, thank God, even though it was embarrassing last week. <laughs> uh, I'm Steve, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Adam. Of course, and I still have my good mic, so I'm still in the good graces of everybody. Yes. Glad to be back. Great for you. <laughs> <laughs> my streak you, continues. You don't embarrass yourself in front of the audio guy. <laughs> <laughs> but we're on zoom and as always since we're staying on zoom we try to have guests and this week we get to bring back not just a guest that we've had in the past but a third mic a guest host a real part of the team but now that the holidays are over he can come back and have fun with us again it's dennis from the first at brew box it's awesome to be back guys i definitely missed you guys Straight from the heart. The feeling too, is mutual, Dennis. It's been too long. But also this week, we have two other special guests, and we'll be talking to them throughout the program. And it is Adam Bay, also known as Happy Hour, and we'll probably refer to him under his wrestling moniker for the rest of the episode as Happy Hour to avoid confusion, and <laughs> Sydney Mealy. And they both, uh, they're both part of the Diversity Council, along with Dennis, but uh, Sydney and Adam also work at 412 Brewery, so we'll be talking about those things this week. Uh, with that in mind, though, we're going to start with what everybody's drinking tonight. So who would like to go first? Anything? Anybody have anything spectacular? Yeah, I'll start. So I've got, uh, I'm going classic. I've got good old Jenny B's because that's reliable and 10 bucks a four pack. It's hard to top. <laughs> hey, <laughs> at the end of the day, my uh, Asian-ness has to come through and I'm a cheap bastard. So if I'm not, uh, you know, drinking my own beer, uh, I'll be drinking uh, $10 four packs all day long. Uh, but yes, excellent color. I love the aroma. It's just such a reliable beer. I know I can depend depend on it to deliver when I want a solid hazy. For sure. For sure. So well, I mean, it's a good stock up beer too. So yeah. mm. good, good way to start the night. Yeah. Yes. So let's, <laughs> let's go around the clock as my perspective goes and we'll go to Sydney. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you. I am actually sipping on an every once in a while from Grist House. It's one of the old, less common styles that you'll see it's a californian common which is more of a lager yeast brew fermented at ale temperatures and uh i'm just a big fan of the traditional styles and i'm, I'm glad they're making a comeback here in pittsburgh as well is that is that kind of a rip on anchor steam like yeah so it would yeah, be like fall a into california beer. common right yeah mm -hmm. yeah 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 so that's what i'm drinking really nice really beautiful medium body beer nice and toasty a little bit of that hoppiness, but it's very sessionable. Comes in under five percent. Right on. And now to me tonight, I'm drinking. Uh, I, I went out of my way and I found a I found a can of something that I haven't had that much of, but it's a brewery I like. Hop Farm. Nice. Damn. Uh, Look at that sexy ass. Cool. <laughs> I was going to say that would have been a good uh, beer number two to have because that would have been for, been a nice little. Uh, 
uh, unintended segue uh, for segment two. <laughs> well, well, we'll tease it just the same in segment two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the big wit, it is you know a Belgian style wit beer. It, no bells or whistles to it. It's got that big orange peel nose to it. And it has like those fruity esters when you drink it, it, it hits all the notes, but I big wit is a good name for it because it's very flavorful. Hop Nation, oh, yeah. you would definitely love this beer if you haven't had it. Oh, okay. That's good yeah. to know. Yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking tonight though? So I, uh, I have a beer from a brewery that we haven't had on the show enough. They are here in Pittsburgh. Uh, they're one of the, I'll, I'll say older breweries here in Pittsburgh. We don't give them enough love on the show. Through no fault of their own. That's our fault, not theirs. Uh, but this is, uh, well, I don't really know how to explain this, but this is the Big Wit from Hop Farm. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good lineup, man. That was that was good. You put some work in on that one. Right? So that was a happy accident. And I don't have to describe this one anymore because Steve already did a fine job on it. Yeah. He did all the work for you. He did. I love this. This is great. <laughs> so I can, I can, I know exactly how this happened is I went and did my beer stock up at house of brews in Robinson. Mm-hmm. And then I told Adam, Hey, they have single cans of the paddler by uh grist house, that mm-hmm. cherry cheesecake sour. Mm-hmm. And then I also had picked up the can of big wit while I was there. So obviously he saw that. <laughs> yeah, guess yep. where I was this afternoon. Yeah, House of Bruce. House of Bruce. Capitalize on this. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Hop Farm. I'm glad to have you back on the show. Y'all make some good stuff. We need to drink more. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and finally, Dennis, what are you drinking tonight? I guess I'm batting cleanup. Uh, this seemed like a really good starter beer for the night. The Pennsylvania Loophole from East ah. End Brewing Company, which is for all you guys and girls out there that don't know, is a uh, series that East End put on to help a lot of smaller breweries that may or may not have the ability to can, uh, which is super cool because especially during the time that we live in now, uh, during COVID, everyone knows to go is the, the, the option. And a lot of brewers that didn't have the ability to do that with cans, they only had growlers and you can only fit so many of them in your fridge. Um, Easton went ahead and did this series. So this one specifically is a dry hop Pilsner coming in at 4.8%. So I thought it was a really good beer to help, you know, ease into this Hop Nation uh, USA episode. Awesome. Perfect. And uh, it, that's one of those uh, ones where like East End did the canning, but like all the breweries that participated, they sent those cans out to those breweries, right? Like they're, yeah. Yes. So yeah. you can yeah. go to those breweries and pick up this beer. And I didn't know initially it was intended to be a series, uh, but they keep popping them out relatively quickly. <laughs> right on. Oh, people keep buying them. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's good as well, because the, another problem currently, uh, a lot of places have, had issues with are the can shortages as well. So uh, mm-hmm. it's really good for East End to be working with a lot of people on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People who weren't able to can and probably couldn't get in the canning now if they wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, right. Well, as I mentioned in the intro, all of our guests tonight are part of the diversity council. And this was something that uh, you guys kind of originally announced at the uh, uh, cheers, the Inns fest that was hosted by fuel by hops. And you guys held a panel uh, just talking about your goals and aspirations. And since then, you've added more members. Uh, but just to give everybody the rundown who wasn't a part of Cheers Yins Fest, 
you know, what is the Diversity Council? So basically, uh, the idea or how it came to be, uh, I moved uh, to Pittsburgh a little less than five years ago, and I was previously in Houston. So obviously, what's the one thing that I'm going to do? I'm going to visit all the local breweries. Uh, one common theme that I found uh, going from one tap room to the next was an extreme, I mean, not just, you know, a mild lack of diversity. It seemed like there was a, an extreme lack of diversity. Now, mind you, I don't expect Pitts, Pittsburgh to be Houston. Houston is a major metropolis. But that being said, the disparity was, you know, eye-opening for me, uh, especially, you know, considering I've grown up in New York City, I've lived in Atlanta, I've lived in Houston, uh, and that, uh, and I've lived in Ann Arbor. And those four places comprise about 80% of my life right there. So, uh, you know, I'm used to seeing a lot of diversity. Uh, for a few years, I thought to myself, you know, <sighs> I talk to people about it, you know, other people, uh, some people feel similarly, but there's nothing really actionable. I mean, there's a lot of talk about it, uh, whether it's, you know, we bring it up in casual conversation or it's brought up more vocally by people like Dennis or people like Dave Bracey and Ed Bailey. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's, it seems like there's no traction. And in fact, even Fresh Fest, I would say Fresh Fest was sort of an indirect motivation for me. You know, when I'm just like, Pittsburgh is the home of Fresh Fest, but in that courtyard of featured breweries, there was no Pittsburgh brewery there. And uh, that's when I thought to myself, and I've been thinking about uh, putting together this council since 2019. So uh, after Fresh Fest of 2019, I just had the idea rolling around in my head. Uh, little things came up here and there that sidetracked uh, me or derailed me from following through. Then uh, last uh, summer slash fall, I started thinking, you know, who would go well with this council? Because this is not something that I have the ability or the knowledge or the insight to tackle on my own. So I need to... Uh, expand and make sure that I bring enough uh, perspectives, bring diverse perspectives, how about that, uh, to both aggregate uh, knowledge, wisdom, and data on what all the experiences are, because I can only speak to my own experience, I can't speak to uh, other people's or other demographic experiences, and uh, then figure out, okay, between all the information we've presented and the variety of skills that we possess, what can we do to put forth, you know, a central uh, focus, a channel, a conduit, something to kind of bring all this energy together and start, uh, you know, uh, making some traction, making some progress to uh, seeing the change that we want to see. Yep. Right on, right on. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Good, good period, Dennis. <laughs> Way to contribute, man. Way to contribute. Hey, man. I thought it. I thought it was my moment, and I was right. <laughs> so, so I just wanted to get a little more into the goals of the Diversity Council. Obviously, you would love for more diverse experiences for people to come in and you know, enjoy beer because Pittsburgh makes a lot of great beer. So you want people to one, want to come in and two, want to stay. So uh, could you also just speak to some of the goals and some of the ways you plan to accomplish that? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the ways, Steve, that we 
talked about in you know a good bit of our meetings are creating some really unique events, uh, you know, tying in food, some beer collaborations, just really acting as conversation starters and just showing, you know, some of the great things of what diversity can bring to beer and to all of our local communities. We've seen it with Fresh Fest. Uh, you know, Fresh Fest is a couple of days a year. It's an awesome event, but this has to be an ongoing topic. We saw that with the Black is Beautiful collaboration that swept the nation, which is now an international collaboration that breweries are doing in support all over the world. Uh, so this is just a way to keep that conversation going. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we can't tell business owners how to run their business, nor would we want to, but we want to be a conduit, a resource. So these business owners, these brewery operators, and if it leaks outside the industry, great, but for them to go, you know, for them to think, okay, I want to be, have more of an inclusive atmosphere. I want to be more diverse, but I don't know how to do it. And that's an absolutely fair question. There's no exact playbook out there, um, especially in the craft beer industry. Uh, we want to be that resource in the community for these business owners to reach out to, hey, how do I do this? And it's not that we have all the answers, but collectively we're going to pull from enough perspectives to be able to give them a place to start. And I think that's all we want to do is have these places ask, how can I be more inclusive and diverse and where do I start and for us to actually be able to help them? And that was a much better answer than last time. <laughs> oh, I apologize. Hold on. Yes. <laughs> And to, and to also kind of touch on that as well, just to kind of piggyback off that uh, very good point, Dennis, not only do we want these business owners and these leaders in this organization to be able to have some guidance, we want people within these communities to feel not just comfortable going in and being within this industry, whether it be you're coming in as a customer, you're coming in being front of house, back of house production, social media, marketing, whatever it is, we want the people that we are trying to represent to feel not just comfortable, but welcomed and wanted. Uh, so I think that's a big part of our goal as well, kind of on the, the flip side of that coin there. Yep. And I think, you know, for uh, those of us in uh, the craft beer industry, you know, we didn't just uh, one day wake up and decide we want to be in craft beer. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. Uh, usually it happens uh, from an aggregation of positive experiences with craft beer. So what we want to do is create an opportunity for positive experiences in craft beer for a larger pool of people, because at the end of the day, a larger potential pool of people means more potential talent that can help contribute to the craft beer game. It, that was one of the things that I noticed uh, taking a look at, at your council members was it wasn't just brewers. Like you said, it was front of house. It was back of house. It was people like Dennis doing the Levi Strauss approach. I mean, it took all angles from just the craft beer industry. And I really liked that. But uh, one of the questions was, that I had was when you started uh, getting people together, did you approach them? Did they approach you? Was it a combination of two of the two? How did that come together for those individuals? Well, it started small where uh, I approached a couple of people. And then from that couple of people, we got ideas on who else we should have. So, you know, uh, I can't possibly know everybody myself. Uh, 
uh, mm -hmm. or yeah. I can't know everything about everybody on my own. So the few people that I started with, they provided me information uh, on who else we should add. And that's how we came to be. Yeah. Awesome. And we, to touch on that too, uh, to pick, again, piggybacking off of uh, my guy, Adam over here, the happy hour. Happy uh, hour. We, <laughs> since our, uh, <laughs> I'm going to put it this way, since our coming out, we have actually had a couple individuals reach out and we're really happy about that as well. Uh, that, that's kind of going to touch on a point that we're going to come into later here. I'll just kind of go over it. Um, but we are really trying to just focus on our starting and getting our foundation and our roots first. And then we will definitely be looking to bring more people on. We're, we're very happy with a lot of the people that have been reaching out and been very interested in joining and trying to move this community and this, this mission forward. Awesome. Now that you know, we've touched a little bit on it, but like we're in 2021, everybody's getting vaxxed up as they should. Uh, looking forward, do you have any solid plans for like your, your first uh, big coming out event, I guess? Uh, something that people can get excited for to look forward to? So, Sid, would you like to uh, discuss uh, She Knows More Than You? Yeah, sure. I'm actually going to hop back real fast. Um, and I'm going to tell you, since we discussed um, the members and like how we've brought everyone on, I'm just going to go over real fast who was not able to be here tonight, who is also on the council. I'm going to start with Lauren Hughes. You probably know her name really well. It's been in a lot of the media recently, as far as here in Pittsburgh. Uh, Lauren was previously brewing as, I believe, an assistant brewer at Penn Brewery. And she will now be the brewmaster at Necromancer, which is opening. Hopefully, they're looking for this spring. And then to go off of that, Michael, Mikey, I like to call him Mikey, my, my guy. Um, he also will be brewing at Necromancer. Previously, he was a hitchhiker. And I met Mikey at Beerport, which is how we came to know each other. With those two members and then Adam Sforma, I think if you know beer, in Pittsburgh, you know Adam's name. He did a lot of really wonderful journalism and writing for Very Local and managed a lot of their stuff really well. He is now with Trace, doing some work with them. And then Kevin Stewart is our last member here. He's a very prolific home brewer. He's won many awards. How long has he been home brewing now, Adam? I, uh, I want to say hours, at sorry. least five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least five yeah. years. So, and, and the funny tangent is both he and Lauren were on the Pittsburgh episode of Beerland. They were both oh, yes, featured on right. that. Mm. Yep. Mm. Yeah, so those, so those are all of our members. But yeah, sorry to go back into what you were saying. I, I appreciate was on two previous episodes of this show. <laughs> so far. <laughs> so far. <laughs> but I appreciate that uh, that the council was able to include the, the homebrewing branch as well. That seems like kind of a, a branch that's, it looked over a bit uh, in the craft beer community whenever it comes to, you know, festivals and things like that on a grander scale. Yes, homebrewers have their own festivals and things like that. Yeah. But I'm glad to see that that branch was brought into this council as well. I thought that was a very savvy move. Well, I think it's important to account for it because, you know, th there are many people, uh, many brewers in Pittsburgh 
you know, who were competitive homebrewers. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just to kind of briefly touch at 412, uh, Ryan Slicker, uh, he wouldn't have even thought of going into brewing as a career if he wasn't, uh, you know, unwittingly, if he didn't have three beers unwittingly entered into a competition where he won first, second, and third. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. He didn't even think about uh, being a, uh, a brewer as a career until that happened. So when he won first, second, and third for beers, he personally didn't enter, but his friends entered for him. That's how it worked. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Homebrewing is like the jumping off point for so many current brewers right as you're saying like we you know the number of breweries that we've talked to through this show that you know everybody has some sort of homebrew experience so yeah Mm. it's a great entry point and you know again that diversity can be lacking as well in the home absolutely you know adam and i have you know my adam we've participated in a number of homebrew events we've been homebrewing shittily for i don't know six seven years but it's you know, it does lack that diversity as well uh, steve you are an award-winning home brewer and never oh yeah i won one <laughs> black ipa hey, in the award. bag baby <laughs> <laughs> to jump back to the event that's coming up she knows more than you yes so this is going to be more of an ongoing series of collaborations that we hope will line up with some good events coming up here in Pittsburgh. So the kind of the story behind this one was something that both Lauren and I have had experience with personally. And um, this idea came to fruition after I had a customer come into the tap room and start kind of asking me questions and talking like, well, what's, what's the IBUs on this beer? And I said, basically well it's not it's you know that the ibus don't always mean that that's going to be a a super bitter beer because it's higher it's all about your um your ratio with your gravity as well and it was just one of those things where i was like man i know so much and i still have these people that think i know nothing um which is a little bit disheartening unfortunately but that's why we wanted to go into this beer basically kind of an ode to all of the um, women or female identifying people that are within craft that know what they're talking about, that regularly have to face that, that gatekeeping and that criticism, which fortunately I feel there is a lot more availability in craft with a lot of women brewing and a lot of women that are front of house and, and again, going more into back of house, most notably in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm going to go with Lauren and then uh, Katie Sullivan at Dancing Gnome is, you know, brewing there as well, doing great things. So the goal behind this one is to put this beer out in collaboration for at least 2021. We would like to do this quarterly. And our first beer will be with Trace, uh, I mean, not Trace, I apologize. Our first beer will be with Necromancer. And Lauren is going to brew this beer. Obviously, it makes the most sense. She's on our council. She's a great brewer. They have the resources. And she's going to be doing that kind of in collaboration with when we have our official website, everything up. We want to have everything prepared and ready to go. So we're going to have this collaborative beer be a sour style. We feel it's a really good introductory style that is also very easy 
to have so much variety on. Like you could have, oh my goodness, you could have a goza, you could have a traditional sour, you could have something that's open fermentation and it could be so unique and so different. And that's, that's kind of the goal on that too. We don't want something that's going to be just like straightforward and, you know, nothing different on it. So that's why we want to do a sour as well. And kind of the goal on that, we're still hammering out the details on this, but each collaboration we do, we would like the brewery that we would work with, with some guidance, we would like the brewery that we work with to choose an organization to have a certain percentage or a certain amount of the proceeds go to an organization. Lauren uh, actually already chose, she wants to, hope I'm correct here. She wants to go with Sisters Pittsburgh, which is a really, really good organization here in Pittsburgh that works with people that are within the Black and trans community that are in Southwestern PA. So I think she wants to choose that one to be our first organization to work with. And that's, that's kind of the goal behind it for each brew that we do. So the first one will be uh, Necromancer, and it will be when we have our official coming out and telling everybody what we're about and having everything down pat and more solidified plans for our coming year. Awesome. Well, everybody can be on the lookout for that sour coming out from Necromancer. And as you mentioned earlier, you know, Lauren and Necromancer are opening up later in the spring. I've read March 1st, but I don't know how accurate that is. I don't want to. Spoil yeah. So, so they'll be opening before they do the sour with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, right now, currently in, in the state of the world, it's, there's always going to be hiccups already with construction and, and outfitting and getting everything right. done. But, but they've, they've got a really nice timeline and they're, they're working really hard to get everything set up as quickly as possible and, and to have it done right. Yeah. You know? we, we've learned very early talking to breweries that uh, you don't put a date on anything until it's actually just a soft open date. <laughs> right. Right. Facts. Exactly. Yes. Facts. Yeah. All right. Well, we're winding down this first segment. So yeah, be on the lookout for the coming things from the diversity council, but uh, let's come back to the beers that we're drinking this evening. Well, actually, oh. Steve, sorry to interrupt. But I figure with uh, time winding down, I was going to mention two quick things. Okay, uh, go ahead. One, as far as another, uh, I guess, event and educational thing. So the She Knows More Than You is the first thing we have coming out later this year. We also have another uh, project uh, called Culture Shock, where you know we'll do things like partner with food trucks or uh, ethnic food vendors uh, to try and do a, a pairing, a matching, or something that will highlight uh, or accentuate uh, specific ethnic cuisines. Uh, so uh, that's another project we have none because at the end of the day, both the She Knows More Than You as well as the uh, Culture Shock uh, s- both serve to inform, uh, educate, as well as, uh, you know, surround an event and an appreciation uh, with She Knows More Than You. We want to appreciate the women in the industry and understand that they care about and know as much about beer as everyone else and also with the cultures to understand that uh, you know, beer, I treat beer as part of the culinary universe and that for as creative as we are with beer, we are getting there in terms of, you know, we're treating beer and a beer palate almost like food. 
at this mm-hmm. point. And, you know, adjuncts, pastries, you, you name it. Uh, and then the second thing, which I think you guys will really be interested in, is uh, in September, provided that we have a new normal before then. But I have things in the works for a September uh, small beer and wrestling festival. So we're going to get into that in the next segment. I was going to say that <laughs> we, we can touch on that a little bit more. And I think we might even touch on it in the third segment a little bit. Oh, perfect. So, yeah. Happy okay. hour. No, he knows how to tease the audience. Got that yeah. on lockdown. Yeah. So uh, for now though, let's come back to the beers. Uh, Adam oh. pop nation USA, Adam, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Why don't, the, uh, you, why don't you talk about the big wit for the both of us? <laughs> uh, the big wit, because uh, this beer is more my style than your style, Steve. I like it. No, it isn't. Uh, we both love Belgians. Well, the, I'm talking, so I get to. <laughs> <laughs> it's his fish story. Let him tell it. <laughs> That's right. It was this big. But uh, I, I like this beer because uh, I'm sorry, but just regular down the middle wits don't exist nearly as often as they should. And this is a a a good wit beer, good Belgian wit that, you know what? It's just good for sitting out on the back porch. If we could do that in the middle of February, which we can't right now. I I'd like it. It's got a good bit of, you know, a little bit of coriander in there, a little bit of not quite spice, but it's just a good Belgian wit. It's just a good beer. Good job. I like it. I'm going to drink it again. Yeah. Fine, you got the fish story, but I got the photos. So, yeah. <laughs> and with your powers combined, you can rate a beer, which is more work than ninety percent of Untapped. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis, coming back to your beer. Yeah, so the uh, Pennsylvania Loophole, their Dry Hot Pilsner uh, release. I thought it was really good. It's uh, one of those easy drinkers, but it has a hoppy backbone in case you are in the mood for something, you know, with a little bit of IBUs, but you don't want to go over the top with the ABV like I will in future beers. So this is a good starter beer. I like it. Oh yeah. Sydney. Yeah. So I actually finished up my grist house every once in a while, which is a California common steam beer. Really nice. Really got that maltiness to it, but it's not super offensive you get a little bit of that hoppiness as well comes in right under five percent and uh really just easy and special but I, i've moved on to a couple of beer now <laughs> excellent we'll, we'll talk about in the next segment <laughs> okay even sydney's got that uh, got that tease for the audience going as well <laughs> well <laughs> gotta I mean, keep people old, going that's right <laughs> old faithful brew gentleman uh, jenny b of course i love the tagline a beer you can always come back to it's soft, it's balanced, 6.8% ABV, and a great value for a local beer. Right on. All right, everyone, you've got a bunch of teases ahead of you. We're talking wrestling, we're talking 412, we're talking whatever Sydney's drinking. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. Are you tired of watching the same old awesome movies? Are B-movies more your style? Then the folks over at They Call This A Movie have you covered. Join us every Thursday as we review the worst of the worst in sci-fi, action, comedy, and more. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean at theycalledthisamovie.podbean.com. They Called This A Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Pop Nation USA, I have but one question for you. What time is it? Happy, Happy hour! hour. Happy hour. 
I guess and I now, for those of you in attendance, and the many more who will be watching this later. On YouTube. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to drink beer. <laughs> and if you're not down with that, I've got two words for you. Chug it. <laughs> say. Don't, don't say those words. I would. I would. Oh, are we doing this? <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, 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 I'd have oh, jumped into oh. it. I was. This is a botanical sour. I don't know if I want to chug this. Then you bring in the ruckus. I love it. Chug it at the rate oh. of you know a sip every three seconds. Really, really long chug. There you go. Steve yeah. bringing in is I'm in my 30s excuse. <laughs> <laughs> I know what Steve does on Thanksgiving. That chugging a beer ain't nothing to him. I say yeah. he doesn't though. Hey, Easy it is. Easy. I mean, on the day we're recording this, it is Fat Tuesday, and if I want to get blasted, I can get blasted. But I'm trying to host a podcast. <laughs> Responsible it, chaos. Yes, <laughs> it is segment two of episode 189, and as you heard, Happy Hour brought us back in. With all the excitement of a pro wrestler, because he is one. We teased at the end of last segment that there might be something in the works, and we'll get into that at the top of this segment as soon as we get through what's everybody drinking. So let's start with Hop Nation, Adam. You're at the top of the clock this time. All right. And so if you have the same beer, Steve, I don't know if there's anything we can do with us. Yeah, I just want to see. If, that's why I want to get out of the way of the mystery. <laughs> oh, <let> me, <laughs> so I have a uh, another beer that we haven't had on the show enough. Another Pittsburgh brewery, 11th Hour. This is their Slice. Ah, yes. Ah, and this oh, is their, delicious. their Blueberry Peach. And I got into this a little bit before we started recording. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the business. Yeah, I love this beer. This is the first time I've had one of their sliced beers. They've done two or three versions of them. This is the first one I've had. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're doing all right over here. Is that a blueberry sour? Is what you said? It is blueberry and peach. Ah. Yes. I'm a big fan of blueberry pie. So, I mean, I might be hankering to go grab some of that if they still have it. I, I, like I, beers. <laughs> I, I just had it. Uh, when did I, I picked this up today, actually. So it's out there. You can find it. Uh, and it's not wild blue. So it's a good blueberry beer. Excellent. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I strongly debated it because, again, I saw it at House of Brews as well. And I strongly debated getting that one, but it didn't. Uh, well, instead, what I did get was a beer from another brewery that we don't talk about too much but we had one rather recently from them from sobel's Obs- from sobel's obscure brewery out of uh, greensburg jeanette pa in the in and about that area i picked up their may apples maple brown ale that looks delicious and it is. <laughs> oh my goodness look at that that sounds amazing <laughs> Look at so, De- Dennis is like, oh. <laughs> Dennis, stop trying to push your face into your laptop. <laughs> so, obviously, it's uh, not 2060 yet, or else it wouldn't work. So, what's funny, Steve, is you and I had the exact opposite experience yeah. because I had that beer in hand. Oh, okay. 
And I put it back down and I picked up the slice. Nah, this Fair is enough. getting weird now. This is getting <laughs> that weird. Was some, that was some good intuition there. Yes. That's some alternate alternate reality shit right there. Yeah. Yeah. The, the butterfly flapped its wings and Adam grabbed a slice. <laughs> but, you don't know uh, how true that is. I picture Adam just getting distracted and going, yeah. oh, this is what I meant to grab. Blueberries. This beer, though, it's pretty classic brown ale as far as everything goes like it smells like a brown ale up front there is a little bit of uh, maple which is usually kind of a hard flavor to achieve that we've noticed um Mm. but yeah you still get a little bit of maple throughout and then on the back end it's very um very malty almost Mm. like a like an amber ale or like a straub like it's got a multi back end to it like that so yeah pretty decent overall though I'll have to go back and pick it up then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Check it out. On okay. to happy hour. <laughs> so I am drinking six point party favors. It's a hazy Imperial IPA. It's uh it's a lactose IPA. So it's got that extra feel. Not to mention uh one it has galaxy strata and cashmere hops. So if you've had cashmere hops, you know that the uh cashmere hops in general just have that like almost like a soft flavor to them. So with lactose, uh, it just uh, is a good compliment. So it's sort of a pillowy uh, beer. And uh, definitely, it's a it's a sneaky one at 8.4%. 8, 8. Oh, oh shit. All right. Yeah, I could get into that. <laughs> <laughs> at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can get you into that. You can't a bunch. drink eight of them. Damn it. That would have been, <laughs> been a good beer to have on tonight because it's Fat Tuesday and that's Mardi Gras party. Party favors. Yeah. Dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Show's canceled. Everybody go yeah. home. Got to restart. The thing we already are. We're done. That's it. <laughs> Sydney, oh, what, we going what have to you picked now? up? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, I don't know. I just picked up this beer from 412 Brewery. Uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have had them on the podcast before. Maybe you should at some point. Who knows? Uh, so I have, and I'll show you guys here real quick, uh, real, real nice and sick boy. This is the, boy. this is the Deep Obsession, which is an IPA from 412 Brewing. It's uh, not quite, it's right under eight, and it's seven and a half, so it doesn't quite fall into that double IPA category, depending on who you are and what you think a double IPA is. Uh, so it's real nice, it's got Citra Mosaic and Wenyaha. It's real you get that nice citrus on the nose, but it's nice, strong, a little bit of that high hop, a little sweet. You get that nice citrusiness, but you don't think it's seven and a half percent. You go to drink it and you're like, hmm, this one might be a little bit dangerous. So that's that's what I am drinking tonight. So, <laughs> you know, funny little story about uh, how Waimea hops ended up in there. So it was supposed to be Citra, Mosaic, and Simcoe. We didn't have any. Uh, so Malcolm's like, you know what? Waimea is going to be close enough. Bet that, you one really, that one really, that one really will it. not notice the difference. And uh, <laughs> that's how we got Waimea hops uh, in the uh, deep obsession. <laughs> that's awesome. And they're also not to, not to, yeah, they're, they're really a good hop. So it's not to say they're less than Citra. They also have their own really nice properties to bring into a beer as well. 
Yeah, but I mean, just in general, Waimea is uh, not is one of those uh, roads not commonly taken. So I'm just like, hey, you know what? We used this in lieu of Simcoe, and it turned out great. <laughs> I, I love it. You guys didn't have one of the most common hops, and but you have Waimea. Well, we got this. Just you're like, why was that there? Sounds <laughs> like task failed successfully. Yes. <laughs> it's like did you failures. Did you do your homework? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dennis, you're going to back clean up again. I love it, man. This is what I do. Uh, so the brew that I'm having right now is from a small nano micro brewery, Abjuration Brewing Company, located in McKees oh, Rocks, hey. Pennsylvania. Oh. I am dipping into something a little bit outside of my wheelhouse from what I traditionally drink. I thought, hey, haven't seen these guys from Hot Nation USA in a while. So, no, I'll hit something a little different right now. It is their botanical sour, their first mm. volume that they're doing of this guy. And it is a sour ale with pineapple and sage. Ooh, Ooh yum. Yeah. I, love, I, love, oh, I love a sage in a beer. If it's oh, done man. right. It's done right. On, on the nose, there's like, you get the pineapple. Like, the pineapple is heavy. Oh, smells so good on the on the. Oh man! Mountain you mountain? ever grill mm. pineapple with sage on top? Ooh, mm. uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me All tell right, you. Well, like do that, that and then top <laughs> top a burger with that. Ooh, yeah. You, oh, I can see. It sounds delicious. And honestly, it tastes it. It's it's layering. You get the pineapple. You get a little bit of sage because the sage can overpower the beer. It's, it's very light on the back end. It's, this is a good beer. Honestly, like, you know, it's a sour, but it goes away relatively quickly and it doesn't hang around. Nice. Hmm. It doesn't stick on the tongue. Interesting. Yeah, correct. It, it's on the tongue. It's like, Hey, this is a sour. Wait, what am I drinking? And then you drink it again. And that's, <laughs> that's how I drank a six pack. And now I'm just <laughs> no, you didn't. They sell them in fours. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, in that scenario, I had dementia. So you're just me. <laughs> that scenario, I was drunk. So shut up. <laughs> uh, right on. All right. Well, moving into the segment, we teased a little bit at the end of last and the beginning of this, but finally we're going to get into happy hours, big announcements, September. I saw this post on the internet and I got excited. And then I told Adam about it and he got excited. It's true. But what is your grand idea? Happy hour. So September 18th, mind you, this is all contingent upon us achieving a new normal that can accommodate this. At the same time, I tried to scale this event uh, both small enough and potentially spaced out enough to respect, uh, you know, what a post-pandemic world may be. But I'm planning a beer and wrestling festival. Uh, we're talking maybe 25-ish breweries, maybe about 400-ish attendees. That way we can space people out enough and not uh, pack people in like sardines at an event because at the same time, you know, I, that's still only seven months away. So, you know, if we hit a new normal, we're still in close to uh, this whole pandemic circumstance. And I want to make sure that we're accommodating uh, comfort zones and making sure that we allow spacing because, you know, 
the last thing I want to do is come into a new normal and then have everybody packed in and work back to square one. Uh, and I don't want to do that. So that's why uh, this was a small scale event uh, that I'm trying to do both because 2020 has hurt the beer festival scene as well as indie wrestling. So both uh, beer festivals and indie wrestlings, indie wrestling took a huge hit and people are clamoring for both to come back. And I figured something at a more intimate level uh, along for spacing would be a good way for us to wean back in. Now, that being said, uh, beer and wrestling are both uh, worlds I dance in. And uh, one thing I did want to uh, highlight on this, uh, at least two thirds of my wrestling roster, that includes wrestlers, referees, et cetera, uh, will be either people of color, women, LGBTQ plus. So that way, you know, I'm bringing the diversity aspect in there because you guys know most of wrestling or, you know, since the beginning of time has always been straight white Christian, uh, you know, uh, what you're spoon fed uh, in that sense. And the way I see it, just like beer, if you are of age and you wish to participate, uh, wrestling should be for everyone, just like beer is for everyone who wishes to participate. There should be, you know, uh, don't get me wrong, Ryan Heitzkebat has its uh, <laughs> place in uh, the beer uh, history, but at the same time, that's not where it should end. And with wrestling, we should not end up with the, uh, you know, uh, traditional jingoism that has been rampant throughout the 70s and 80s. We you know, society has evolved, beer has evolved, wrestling needs to evolve too. And I'm glad that there are uh, different promotions that are getting on board with that. But I think it's important that, uh, you know, if uh, that it become more mainstream, we shouldn't be like, oh, this one uh, LGBTQ plus wrestler made it. That, that's great. No, that's not where it should end. Any uh, people should be able to make it and should not have to fit cookie cutter types. We should thrive as who we are uh, and not who somebody else wants us to be. Right. I, and I, I would say, speaking to that point, like Adam and I are both, you know, we grew up in the attitude area and we're fans through that. But I think nowadays for older fans like us, the millennials i'll use the word i don't care <laughs> but the millennials are very much you know we're just into the storytelling and we're into the athleticism we don't care like you know the backgrounds don't matter as much as long as you're entertaining so if you can come and entertain you know if you're uh you know if you're a woman or if you're lgbtq plus or whatever it is are you entertaining we're gonna watch you and we're gonna support you because that's what we want we want exactly. the best. We want the best possible product. And, and I mean, you know, I've lost uh, over the years. I've lost many a booking or many a payday because I refused to play the template, uh, you know, uh, bad guy uh, character uh, to feed a xenophobic angle. I refuse to do that. Uh, you know, I'm not about the lowest common denominator. And I mean, you know, I'll be frank. Uh, I am one of the worst. I mean, I'm fully trained. 
but I'm one of the worst technical wrestlers out there, but I am one of the most entertaining wrestlers on the indie circuit. And that's why I get booked on super indie shows. In fact, in April, I'm booked I, in April. I've got two major bookings. I'm booked uh, for uh, generations championship wrestling down in Tampa for WrestleMania weekend. Nice. You don't get a mania weekend booking in a mania city <laughs> or nobody. That's one. Damn. And two, I'm booked for intergender bonanza, uh, in uh, on april 24th and just to put in perspective intergender bonanza uh so i've uh been on three intergender bonanza events last year one of them had mike orlando on it and uh th- it was a rumble style uh event and i warned everybody you know my gimmick i have the invincible beer gut and mike orlando was there <laughs> it almost came to yes. a sell mike orlando i was like you hit me in the gut. I'm going to no-sell you. I'm like, you do that. Oh, actually, uh, there was an event, a charity event I did uh, in Ohio in mid-2019. Madman Fulton was uh, in the event. So when his number was drawn for that rumble, he came in, he cleared out the ring. He went to punch me, uh, and I just kind of, without thinking about it, sidestepped. And uh, I'm just like, ha ha, you missed. Cause I'm not going to sell there, stand there and sell a no punch. If you miss, you miss. I'm going to point out that you missed. So <laughs> yeah. he choke slammed me in the middle of the ring. And I was like, okay, I just got choke slammed by Madman Fulton. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. Invincible yeah. beer gut. That's freaking awesome. That right there gave me hope that Steve and I could do some type of duo uh in the indie circuit i don't know steve maybe uh, you gotta get my fat ass on a treadmill real hard <laughs> no, you you show up for a couple minutes you talk some smack you do a couple of things you roll out i roll in how about and, this, dennis? Uh, i don't know it sounds like fun dennis i'll manage you no problem and i'll grow in so and i'll throw grains Steven in his eyes <laughs> you guys watch any local uh indie wrestling by chance uh, we've we've gone to KSWA shows in the past. <laughs> so uh, speaking of KSWA, <laughs> Brohemoth is going to be uh, on the event. So, All right. Uh, and in fact, I have a one in one record against Brohemoth. So nice. I actually have a recorded win against Brohemoth. Nice. Damn. <laughs> The only thing I'll say is Jack Massacre, if you're listening, I don't think you're all that tall. <laughs> I've been in the locker room with Jack Massacre a few times. He actually is probably about six eight ish. Yeah, no, I've, I've stood next so to him. So he really is that tall? Yeah. Madman Fulton, when he chokeslammed me, he got me way up there. I, I was a little concerned at how high up I got. <laughs> up in the rafters. <laughs> no, actually, funny uh, wrestling-related story, not in the ring, but uh, back in 2011, when I was uh, on uh, doing a consulting engagement for University of Arizona, uh for four weeks in a row flying to and from uh, Tucson to Atlanta or Atlanta to Tucson, I was on a flight with the big show and there was a, one of those flights. He didn't get into first class. So he was sitting in that first row behind uh, first class. Mm. So half of him was like out into the aisle. Ugh. That poor guy. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I feel bad for him. So uh, Cause I mean, he's like six eleven and six yeah. eleven over 400 Damn. pounds and half of him is just like <laughs> out in the aisle i'm like oh man, man. Uh, you know if, if 
I, I, I was almost tempted to give up my first class seat to him. Uh, but I was like, uh, nah, he'd never put me over. <laughs> but he didn't. Of all the other times he gets it, it's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, we definitely are looking forward to that event. Uh, and I think it's a great idea. And, you know, again, it's a beer fest. So if there's that possibility that wrestlers can collab with breweries, I think that would be something cool. Actually, that was some, yes, that was something there we will love be. From Brutal Beer Fest, the, the metal and... Right. Oh, yeah. man. Packs. Oh, no. I live... <laughs> uh, to talk on that, I live pretty much maybe... I could throw a stone at Mr. Smalls. So uh, the loss of brutal beer fest it's so still sad. fresh yeah. in my heart <laughs> that's actually where steve and i met and that's what you know how uh first sip and hop nation usa podcast actually cross paths steve just comes walking out a little tipsy but then he sees like all the food items made out of beer we had he's like, what you got there <laughs> <laughs> so i will point out one collab that is confirmed so necromancer brewing is going to uh collab with the nightmare scarlet so she is going to uh be the wrestler to collab that's with pretty cool answer that sounds awesome. appropriate <laughs> man we could talk wrestling all night yeah we can <laughs> but we should we should, we should we probably should. get back yes, to the beer we have a point to make here yes, we, we have, we have we talk as much as we want steve decides what makes it and what doesn't <laughs> right. yeah. well the zoom the zoom timer also decides right yeah that, <laughs> the, the other thing we wanted to talk about was 412 brewery and it's recently gone under another change and it's gone through a change of ownership. Uh, Adam is now a co-owner and you mentioned Ryan Sickler who, uh, from, uh, Fury is also now a part owner as well. Uh, can you speak just like, how is that sure. coming about? Sure. So, uh, basically, uh, this was the change because, uh, a group of five of us ended up uh, buying it from the previous owner. So the ownership group consists of myself, Ryan Slicker, Mike Lynch, Malcolm Fraser, and Rocco Iracy. So uh, four of us, uh, myself, Ryan, Mike, and Rocco, knew each other from Fury because uh, we all had Ryan was the brewer at Fury. Mike did a lot of operation stuff at Fury. I was doing uh, sales and bartending at Fury, and Rocco did some sales at Fury. So that's how the four of us knew each other professionally. Uh, I mean, we knew each other outside of uh, profession, so uh, it just kind of helped that we already had a very good rapport. Not to mention... Uh, Myself and Ryan uh, knew Malcolm for a couple of years. Uh, you know, basically, he was a good guy, a, a great resource to learn about beer. I learned an awful lot from Malcolm in terms of expanding my beer knowledge. So uh, it was sort of a perfect storm of events that brought all of us together. And, uh, you know, we had been exploring, uh, you know, either acquiring or starting a brewery for the last uh, over a year, uh, I want to say since yeah, the end been, of 2019. It's been something that you guys have been talking to me about for, oh my gosh, oh yeah, end of, I think fall of 2019 is exactly. when yep. it was the first discussions and I was like, oh, I'm on board, let's go. <laughs> yeah. so, but it's one of those where, you know, we were looking at different scenarios, then the pandemic came up uh, and 
you know, we, things came to a halt and then we're navigating, you know, the real life situation, a pandemic, uh, no less. And then uh, the uh, 412 situation was an opportunity that kind of fell into our lap. So uh, what happened was in early 2020, uh, uh, Ryan was uh, doing some brews on contract, basically. So he was okay. a part-time brewer and uh, he was uh, brewing beers for them in 2020. And uh, Ryan had the conversation and discovered that, hey, uh, the previous owner of 412 was open to the idea of selling because uh, mm-hmm. for him, it was more a hobby because he already was a restaurant owner and was look- and is looking at uh, real estate opportunities. In fact, may have exercised real estate opportunities. So, you know, he was busy with bigger things, whereas yeah. uh, compared to what he has in his portfolio, the brewery was, you know, hobby level, small change compared to what he was mm-hmm. doing. It was something that he very much enjoyed on an individual level, but he was dedicating so much of his time to his other efforts that he wasn't able to fully dedicate to 412. Yeah, Yeah. That's a good summary, Sid. Uh, And I think that's a good way to put it because I think, you know, for everything that he was invested in, the brewery would end up being neglected as a result simply because of how much energy was required for everything else. So uh, this being a good opportunity for, you know, people who want to uh, run a brewery and own a brewery being present and Ryan already knowing the system, it uh, lent itself to uh, a good opportunity. And uh, that's how uh, the situation came to be. Right on. And Sydney, you'd mentioned that you've been working at Beerport, uh, but how long have you been with 412 working their front of house? Oh, gosh. So, I mean, it's been something, again, this has been in the works for quite a long time. Um, And I was first approached um, to be involved in any sense back in around late, again, late 2019. And as the ownership slowly was making its way into 412, I was involved in pretty much everything starting in 2019, which that process, you know, the communication was still kind of few and far between simply because there wasn't much to communicate at that point. Uh, officially, I started in July of this year. Uh, but again, I've been pretty well involved since late 2019. But yeah, um, I'd say July of this year, and it's been really ramping up as far as we were just able to take over the social media. So I'm, I'm doing a lot of the social media posting with um, Rocco's wife. She's helping as well, um, simply because I had a, a very full schedule. I, I still had a full-time job at the time. Um, but yeah, we've, we've just taken over the social media posting and we're ramping up on that and trying to get that taken care of. We're working on the food truck bookings because that's, something that's kind of like dear to my heart. I know, you know, Luke from Blue Sparrow. I know a lot of these people that run these food trucks and it's a very cohesive and a very mutually beneficial relationship currently. Um, It already has been, but with the food trucks, we want to be able to support them. And they're in a position right now where they can also support us with these regulations and and those meal requirements. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've, we've been ramping up I've, I've been taking on additional roles. So taking over more of the social media, 
taking over some more of these bookings and planning events and stuff like that. We obviously aren't planning too many events right now. We want to be very conscious of the public health and we want to keep our customers that come in, we want to keep them safe as well as our staff. Um, so officially in the role in July of 2020 and really leading more into that as we go further and, and make more changes. Right on. And I, I assume since, you know, now that it's official and it's out in the known space that you guys are uh, taking over for one, two, uh, can you speak a little bit to like any of the styles we can look forward to, uh, you know, yeah. beers planned and when do you expect like, like our beers on tap already that you guys have, you know, changed out the recipes for? So, yeah. so oh, go ahead, awesome. Adam. All right. No, but basically I'll say this. So it's going to be sort of a phased approach because we just uh, got into the ownership aspect. But that being said, uh, we have slowly begun to uh, transition into the new library. So mm -hmm. uh, just uh, as far as what we have on tap now, we have a session hazy. We have uh, standard hazy. Uh, we have, have what, a, what I'm drinking right now. Yeah, exactly. The deep <laughs> obsession. Uh, we've got the mango, mango madness, which is a mango sour. Wow. We've got the Kelly okay. Kolsch, which is probably one of the best crispy boys in town. Uh, and we've got Golden God, which is a British golden ale. And uh, yeah. let me tell you, the Cali Kolsch, uh, and I'm not uh, exaggerating either. I would put it up against any Kolsch in town uh, because uh, Slicker is excellent with the Crispy Boys. Wait until yeah. uh, around Cinco de Mayo and he does his Mexican lager again. He does yeah. one of the best Mexican lagers in town. Uh, yeah. And actually, if I recall, uh, the three beers that he won first, second, and third for in the homebrew competition years ago were all Crispy Boys. They're all crispy boys. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's where he really excels. I mean, yeah. uh, but in general, as far as expectations, you can expect a couple of IPAs. You can expect a fruited sour. You can expect mm -hmm. a crispy boy. Uh, you should see some stouts here and there uh, because that's what the market demands. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, well, in general, uh, was We're that? also to, to kind of give a look at the coming weeks just to give an idea so people can come in and grab some cans or if they want to have, have a beer and a meal. Um, I, I can't give you an exact timeline because I don't want to speak for Slicker, but we will be working on, uh, Adam, we're going to be working on a Mexican mole stout. Mm -hmm. We're going to be working on a new IPA. I'm not going to tell you what kind of IPA. You just come drink it or buy it. And we will also <laughs> surprise, motherfuckers. Um, we'll... Oh, Sid, you leaned into that one. And you physically leaned, in, leaned into that you swear word. Get, I saw it. That one. Motherfuckers. I know, <laughs> well, that's from a, that's that's a quote from a, a Dexter. If anyone knows Dexter, uh, the yep. show. Good old Sergeant Dukes, R.I.P. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, what, what was it? Mexican Mole Stout, a nice IPA. And we are also going to do the one that I have been looking forward to the most. I'm like trying not to slap my table here. We are going to be doing a blueberry tea sour. It's absolutely delicious. Um, so keep an eye out for those over the uh, coming weeks and months. And then as Adam said, or uh, 
happy hour. The happy hour said <laughs> we will also be bringing back our Mexican lager, which has been quite popular. I even have people ask me in the middle of winter, where's the Mexican lager? When are you guys doing that again? I say, soon, soon. We'll, we'll have it again soon. I promise hey, you. Dave <laughs> swears by the Mexican lager, and so does, oh, actually, John Ruber. He, showed, he bought a case of the Mexican lager when we yep. had it uh, a couple of months ago. But Dave oh. Persh will swear by the Mexican lager. Oh, yeah. I'll swear by it. I took a couple four yeah. packs home oh, with me. No, <laughs> dude, that night with the table dogs, you drank like four oh. pints. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. That's a that's a whole other story. I saved a grown man's life. <laughs> but yeah, so so keep an eye out for those on the coming weeks. And I know we definitely will try to have some type of regular rotation, but we also want to be able to explore. We want to try new styles. And, and you know, as Adam said, that golden god, the uh, British golden ale, more of a traditional style that Again, Pittsburgh has become a lot better at bringing those traditional styles back um, because, you know, I know those IPAs are really popular around here. <laughs> yes, you know. Um, <laughs> um, well, I got to go post yeah, a new trail well, on the Facebook. <laughs> also to add, I mean, the British Golden Ale was actually Malcolm's idea. And let me tell you, oh, yeah. Malcolm has more more street cred than any brewer uh, in the region. Uh, can you, let's can, be you tell, can you tell people who Malcolm is if they don't know who he is already? Sure. If you do, shame so, on you. Malcolm's I'm, uh, background I'm uh, includes... He was like uh, in charge of quality control at Fat Heads and is uh, res uh, partially responsible for the gold medal for the, uh, they got for Gogglefogger. Uh, also, uh, he now uh, currently he is uh, the head of brewing operations at Hop Farm. So that's the tie into the uh, Hop Farm. So uh -huh. any Hop Farm product you've had probably in the last couple of months, uh, he was very involved in that Pittsburgh Palo they did. That was a very, very well-crafted beer. From a quality and execution standpoint, that was hard to top. Uh, but yes, the fact that we have his brains involved in what we do <laughs> is going to be a huge boon. And like I said, more street cred than any brewer in the region. Right on. Yeah, and that's just something I... One of the reasons why I brought you guys on tonight, you know, uh, I assume in the future we'll do an actual 412 brewery episode, but I wanted to get all of these things out at once between the wrestling beer fest and 412 changing ownership and the announcement of the diversity council just seemed like a good way to get everybody on at all at the same time. But, sure. uh, yeah, once, you know, you guys get more beers out and maybe we'll come in, check in at 412 for their, uh, Mexican lager. Take home a case. Shoot me a message. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot me a message and I'll yeah. have one set aside for you. Oh, yeah. You'll like it, Steve. You'd, you'd like it a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm open for a lot of things. I'm actually really interested in the Kolsch as well. So, yeah. Well, one thing I'll also mention, I also make my own uh, Bloody Mary mix. So I've, I've <laughs> oh, made beer cool. Marys. Uh, oh, that no. I've had hit. them. I've had them. Oh, so yes. good. Do you make a <laughs> with the Mexican lager and the Bloody Mary? Yes. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. No, yeah, I'm I'm He's like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. What are we having this? And Steve's starting to plan just his entire weekend down there. Right. Now. He's like, oh, yeah. man, let me put this in my schedule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, I just thought it was good to get the news out and you know let people know to go down and check out 412 because it is going to be different from what they've had in the past. Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I know you'll, probably, you'll probably see me down there if you come yeah. down. Most days. 
Yeah, it's so almost a guarantee you'd see Sydney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I live, it, breathe, sleep, eat, 412 right now. <laughs> go say hi to her, but remember, she knows more than you. <laughs> yes. Well played, <laughs> sir. Well played. You are. <laughs> he has not lost any momentum. <laughs> oh, welcome I to love come that. in and that test was my knowledge. Very please. well placed. <laughs> So with that, we're going to wrap up this segment. Uh, I'll just say blanketly, all of our beers were good. Yeah, I'll speak for yeah. the yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to wrap up, and then we're going to come back segment three, and we're going to play a game that we played in the past. Mm. I'm, I'm, play. I'm, I'm gathering champions so I can eventually have a championship tournament. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's pretty dope. Perfect. Yes. We'll be back with segment three coming up. First Sip Brew Box is a -a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at firstsipbrewbox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at firstsipbrewbox.com. Welcome back to episode 189 of the Hop Nation USA podcast, and it's segment three, and I'm still joined by my co-host, Adam, and I'm still joined by our very special guest host, Dennis. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I'm surprised you didn't go with a what up bugaboos because you haven't used that. Man, you know what? What up bugaboos? Thank you. Mm. (laughs) There. Now I feel good. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but it feels right. It just feels like home. <laughs> and we still have our other guests from 412 Brewery and the Diversity Council, Sydney and Happy Hour. Hello. We still. need to get into some beers. Yes, we need to get yes. into some beers. And oh, this yes. time, I'm going to start with Dennis. What? Oh, hey. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> He's well, like, oh, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> when it comes to beer, I'm always ready. So the brew that we're having on this end is the Crooked Haas from Intergroove Brewing, located in Verona, Pennsylvania. They're good beer friends of the industry of ours. Uh, it is a sugar plum stout, mm. uh, one of their holiday brews that they came out with. But as you know, Steve, Adam, and folks, we can sit on the stout for a little bit, and it's still incredibly tasty, coming at 6.8%. Really tasty brew. Let's get into it. Really dark in color. Uh, solid head retention. Poured this a little bit ago. Uh, a little bit of a roasty on the nose. <sighs> Taste-wise, roast carries through with a slight sweetness. So I actually really enjoy this. And it's a good finisher or a possible finisher to the brew lineup that we had today. You can You can tell that it was a good beer by the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you always well, know. My, when you hear that sound, it's a good beer. It, it's tough to tell because I'm pretty sure I have high cholesterol, so that could just be me breathing sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give you a really good uh, hook line there. Nope. I, li- I, know, I know where I rank in life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sydney, what are you drinking? As you try to compliment Ooh. Dennis, why not just compliment your own beer? <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. So I'm going for something outside of PA here. I am going for the Rheingeist 
sangria. It's a fruited ale. I would like to just call it carbonated fruit juice. Uh, it's got pomegranate, blueberry, and I think there's lime in this as well. Just this beautiful, beautiful ruby red color that you guys can see, but obviously the people listening will not be able to. Um, let me just take a taste here. Oh, man. Full-bodied. It's got a nice little bit of tartness to it, but it falls away immediately, and I get a lingering. That blueberry comes in at the front, and the pomegranate and the lime finish it out very, uh, very nicely. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, I like I like cider, or well, yeah, cider guys. I do like cider guys, but I like Ryan guys's mm. like more lighter fare, like there's yeah, and like uh, the bubbles rosé. I figured I figured I just had a seven and a half percent beer. I should probably mm. <laughs> probably finish it out with something a little light. Get into the glide pattern into the end of the show. Coast down. Yeah. <laughs> so usually that's when I, you know, go for the rocket fuel, but okay. Yes, sir. That's how you gotta do it. <laughs> You're like, all right, let's finish it out. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, last landing, we're going to the moon. <laughs> oh, to last, the moon. Last week, I think I went from an eight percent to the the hitchhiker eleven point five percent smoked stout. Jesus! Ooh, oh, I love that beer. okay. So I, I have a question because yeah. I love smoked beers, but I find that sometimes. So I'm also when when I drink whiskey, I like peated whiskey. Yeah. Um, but I have a problem where I find sometimes smoked beers, like smoked porters and smoked stouts are usually a little too heavy on the smoke for me. How do you, how do you feel about that? Just, so just the, quick curiosity yeah. question here. So that beer specifically, like if you've had the Schlenkerla, if you found that to be too smoky, which is kind of like the standard bearer of smoked beers, cause it's the only one of two, I think that is still made with the uh, wood fired old age, 1400 style. Um, oh, nice. If you've had that beer, and you find it too smoky, then the clouded distraction might be okay for you because it tastes like an H. Schlenkerla blended with a coffee stout. Okay, I like that. That sounds, yeah. that actually sounds real nice. Yeah, the smoke isn't too heavy, but like you definitely get it on the burp ups and it tastes like bacon mm-hmm. on the burp ups. So <laughs> oh, if you're oh, okay I'm, with that, I'm not, I'm not a pro- I, I have no problem with that. <laughs> if you're okay with that, then you should be okay with that beer. But, uh, good, good. Uh, Happy Hour, what have you brought out for us on this third segment? I've got Alchemist Luscious. It's a British Imperial Stout. So it's got some of that like uh, chocolate note up front where uh, it's sort of like a bitter dark chocolate and finishes uh, with a roasty malt. So I feel uh, like I should have grabbed a stout. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I figured, you know, I did two IPAs already. I wanted to change it up and, you know, my... I'm almost 50, so my bedtime's pretty soon. (laughs) I should have my uh, finishing move now. (laughs) Nice. Fair fair enough, fair enough. What about about, uh, Adam and Steve? What do you guys got drinking there? Do you have the same thing again? I don't (laughs) think so. Probably not. (laughs) Probably not. But uh, Steve, go ahead. What do you have? So I kind of followed along the path I was already on. The last segment, I was drinking that Sobel's Mayapple Maple Brown. And mm. I went to something else that has maple flavor into it. It is the, I went out of PA as well. I went to the Ellicottville brewery we do like on the oh. show. Oh. 
more blueberry. Hey, yes. I feel like blueberry that's a maple. common theme in the show today. I, I yeah, had I, I had my I had my last beer and Adam's last beer do a fusion dance. So very <laughs> Yeah, I went to Ellicottville. I want I want to say I think it was uh, last uh, spring of last year because it was maybe about an hour hour and a half from uh, my girlfriend's place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was roughly an hour or so. So we went there. It was a cool little setup there. Uh, that little town was actually uh, pretty cool. That, yeah. I've, I've spent a few weekends up in Ellicottville. It is a fantastic little burg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what do you think of that uh, blueberry maple, Steve? So the maple fa- flavor actually doesn't come through too well. Uh, it's a lot of blueberry flavor, and then it has mm. just a little bit of uh, maple on it. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's good. I think they were trying maybe they were trying to go go for that full blueberry without having that maple overpower because sometimes sometimes that maple does. That's yeah sweetness. yeah but it, it's fine it's still like kind of easy drinking it's a little on the sweet end so mm-hmm. if you're not great with sweet beers it might not be for you yeah. but otherwise that's the catch yeah it, it's a yeah. good dessert beer if you want that or just a change up <laughs> i no, mean it sounds good yeah. yeah and adam hop nation what you got <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, so I, I, I brought us back into Pittsburgh a little bit, uh, more specifically Heidelberg, uh, with Insurrection, the good kind. Uh, oh, yes. With their, their box tank, I think. Oh. That's how you pronounce it. I don't, I don't understand yes, Cyrillic the very well. Yeah. The Bakhtain. But uh, that is their, their Russian Imperial Stout. 9% on the ABV. Nobody knows the IBUs. Nobody cares because it's old. Rubbish anyway. Because it's a Russian Imperial Stout. Nobody <laughs> right, cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> but uh, taking a look in the glass, I mean, it's a Russian Imperial Stout. I don't even yeah. know why I'm showing you it. It matches my T-shirt. But uh, it's got a good level of roastiness. I think this is one of the first beers that Insurrection had. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, this is one of their OGs, and I, I'm glad that mm. it's back. I was glad I was able to get it in Kansas time. Uh, shout out to we, my friend we, Derek. He, we uh, stand the OGs. Oh, absolutely. I'll get down on this most any time that it's on tap there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one being very, very early on and comparing it with uh, Mindful's Putin's Revenge. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. Or Putin's uh, Breakfast. This is a this is a good beer, good bit of roastiness to it. Uh, good way to end the night. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, we're also going to end the night with a game. And yeah. we've brought back a game that, well, we played it two episodes ago with Outer Belt. And now we're going to play it again with 412 Brewery. And that All game right. is brewed. And the only other time we've played it was Couch two times. And Darren was the winner <laughs> both times. <laughs> That's why I'm trying to find new champions to take on Darren. <laughs> All right. I'm in. Let's go. I no like Sasquatch questions. <laughs> I, do, I do not back down. Let's go. So, Darren's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> we love Darren. And. With that, I'm going to explain the rules of Brood because he is the champion, so you guys need to know how to take him on eventually. (laughs) Brood is very similar to Chopped and every other cooking show that you see on the Food Network in which we're going to give you a scenario, and we want you to brew a beer based on that scenario. Okay. And then Adam, Hop Nation, Dennis, and myself are going to judge you based on your responses. We've all prepared uh, different scenarios, so you're going to get scenarios tailored to us as well or tailored to yourselves. We'll see. Uh, it's your job to impress us and 
you know, just try to be as wild and creative as possible. Uh, with that, though, I'm going to go to Hop Nation Adam, and he's going to give you your first prompt. Yes, and your first chopped challenge is to drum up tourism. Allegheny County has come up with a new mythical creature that lives in the Monongahela, the monster. What beer do you brew to celebrate this new creature? Oh, <laughs> okay. Sydney, you want to go? Ahead first? I will. I will actually start with that. Yeah. Um, so uh, this kind of leans into the Loch Ness monster. So I'm going to say that the Mon creature is related to the Loch Ness monster. And I would go with a very, very old style of beer that goes back 2,000 years. Um, I would go back with, it's called a Heather beer or a Heather ale um, instead of hops the brewers would take heather tips um and this is an irish or scottish beer um the brewers would take heather tips or heather um you know the, the, the very end of that tree there um which was right in spring before the tree started producing cones um it would have these beautiful tips that have this beautiful like sprucey flavor to it so i'm going to lean into the assumption that this mythological beast is related to the Loch Ness Monster and say I would go with a Heather Ale. Damn, that's a good answer. Wow. Went deep. <laughs> <laughs> I was going simple. I'm a, I'm so a big, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big mythological person as well. So <laughs> it kind of gave me a little bit of a boost. <laughs> oh, well then. Now, I was going with something simpler. I was thinking, you know, if we're talking about, you know, uh, old lore and a monster from the Monongahela Valley or, you know, a monster. I was thinking, you know, it probably was born of the old pollution and I was going to say <laughs> oh, Roush no. beer. Oh, Roush beer <laughs> has a tribute to the monster. <laughs> Shit. This is a tough one. Mm. And I... Those are both Ooh. really good answers. Well, we'll Sorry, we'll, I like I went right into it. I was like, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll come to you last, Top Nation Adam, for your decision, as it is your prompt. But uh, I'll go first. And, Sydney, you really, really had me because you had the history. You had it tied into a story already. I've had, like, one Heather beer in my life, and it was pretty oh, decent. Man. It's a style that I would like to see more of. Personally. Yeah. But because I'm a, I'm a gin drinker, so. <laughs> but man, you just can't come on the show and say Roush beer. I, like, no, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm, go, I'm, I'm giving it. To, no, no, no. I'm giving it to Sydney. Like, you can't just say Roush beer and win. Can't just say Roush beer and win. Normally, yes. Like I, I can picture Steve's face right now. He's just, he's like, I want a Roush beer, but I can't. I know, yes. This can't just be one word wins. Yeah, you, can't, you, can't just, you can't just, you can't just trigger me with my favorite and then win. I, no. <laughs> Didn't he build the story? Yo, she went Steve, there. Steve, that, oh. that would have been a prime example of plot armor. Right. <laughs> right <there. laughs> Do sex Roush beer. <laughs> so many holes in that chain mail <laughs> all right dennis what what is your decision 
I w- I'm giving the point to Sydney. So point goes to Sydney from Steve. Uh, so Sid, can you just a couple more? Can you give me some descriptors, like flavor wise, from a Heather beer? I personally never had one to call back on, like Steve has. Is yeah, there any descriptors no. that you can throw out? Yeah. So I can. I'm, I'm going to give you slightly slightly more history. Um, the Heather Ale Frauch. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. I apologize to any people that are Scottish that know this beer. Um, it's an ancient Gaelic recipe from, gosh, over 2,000 years ago. It's going to be kind of close to an amber ale. It's going to be floral. It's going to be slightly peaty on the aroma. And then as, as, as you go to taste it, you're going to have like a really nice malty character that's not like, I, I, I can't, Personally, I can't stand the term multi backbone, um, but it's going to have that multi backbone and it's got like a very spicy herbal finish. So when you think, I, I would almost like liken it to Y Stefaner or a Whitbeer or um, a Hefeweizen almost, yeah. they were using those tips instead of hops. So you're going to have that almost hoppiness, but in a, a differently organic way, um, herby, caramel color and taste as well with a little bit of spice, pretty grassy. Um, you get, you almost get a honey as well, but that's like right on the back end of it. It's one of the oldest beers to find. Um, also kind of like piggybacking off of that. The first brewers were women and women brewed beer, um, as like a medicinal thing for their families and any mm. excess they had, they sold at pubs. Um, but yeah, mm. this, this would have been something that um, the grandmother would have brewed back in Scotland. Damn. All right. I'm just going to cut it short. Said you get the point. I'm with Steve. I love Roush. I understand. Like, I do. I do as well. But, I get I, that. but that, that Heather beer, not only do I want to find some, uh, you've now just solidified that that will be a future collaboration. We're going to hook up with someone in Scotland and do a collaboration brew and then fly there. Uh, so yes. And thank you. Yeah. There, there are actually, um, there's a brewer in California. I think they're called, um, Williams or. Br- mm. Oh no. Williams I want Brothers? someone's grandmother to make this. No. Well, I'm not a grandma, but I can work. <laughs> it was the, the ancient Gaelic recipe was land frock. So it was definitely like the mother passed it down to her daughter's or her daughter-in-law um, and moved from that. Right. But yeah, it, it's really cool to learn the history behind certain beers too as well. So and that, I'm sure I, that's, the, that's uh, what I was leaning on. <laughs> the, Mon, the Mon monster is, uh, he's probably at least 2,000 years old. So that makes yeah, sense. He's got to be like far, far cousins with the Loch Ness monster, <laughs> you know? He's like, hey, Ma. The Gaelic beer. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one. (laughs) All right, Hop Nation, Adam. You've got all this backstory. I do have all this backstory. I'm sorry. No, don't apologize for that. No. Uh, But yeah, I I think I got to go with the Heather beer on this one. 
I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. No, Mr. H, you got skunked. No, what's there to apologize for? I mean, the fact that she actually really did her homework. I mean, you know, my thing is, uh, you know, you uh, present a concept to, to me and you play the, you know, uh, word association game. I'm just going with, you know, the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> Yo, I feel like hey, knowing enough. so much about that beer is the equivalent to one day in your life, like using algebra in the real world. It's like, this <laughs> does come in handy. I was like, oh, hey, man, man don't get me started. I, my degree's years. in computer science, so I've actually <laughs> used it in my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I've been, I've been waiting for this exact moment for five years. This specific set of knowledge <laughs> well hopefully you're not too burned out because now it's time for no, dennis. no i got more i got i'm ready okay well now it's time for dennis to present his scenario so uh when steve approached me with coming up with a scenario at the time i may or may not have been playing a video game on the computer which is <gasps> my first time playing a game on the computer in nine years and i just played it Play, got back into it for the first time in the last couple oh, of days. Oh, it was a, it was an existing game. I was uh, no, it's a it's a brand new no, it's a brand new uh, game that's released in it, beta. So is it super oh, cool? Oh, I was a, I was about to say Cyberpunk twenty seven seven. If it's in beta, still it's not Cyberpunk. Yeah, so. it's in beta, but that's what led me to this question. So it, it is a Viking based game on Norse mythology, which is super cool. I've always <sighs> been so excited about it. So my question to you guys: If you had to brew a beer for a Viking that tripped and fell through a wormhole, ended up in your brew pub today, and you had to make a beer for him that he wouldn't get upset at and then slaughter your whole family and bloodline, uh, what beer would you make and why? <laughs> no oh, pressure. I love or Nordic. You, you screwed up. I love Nordic mythology. <laughs> but I, I, will, uh, <laughs> I will let Happy Hour answer first. Sure. Well, I'm just like beer. You know, with, if you're talking Vikings, you've got to go mead, man. You've got to go mead. So, uh, you know, that being said, mead is not beer. So I guess that doesn't answer the question. But, you know, Vikings, you know, drink their mead before battle and, uh, you know, make their way into Valhalla where the mead flows endlessly. But uh, that being said, uh, if I had to uh, brew a beer that was kind of along those lines, I would say... Ooh, I've got an idea. How about a honey quad? There you go. There you go. Because it's got to be similar. It, it, the whole thing is if a Viking came through time, landed in front of me, and I was going to brew beer, I should brew something that both is beer, but at the same time uh, hits reminiscent notes. So, you know, you get the dark fruit notes along with the honey in the quad and the higher ABV. Oh, yeah. uh, you're basically hitting all the notes that they would expect out of a mead. At the least, this becomes a good go-between. Yeah, no, that's that's real good. Is that, wait, you have more? Oh, nope, that's it. Did you have anything else? <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> Gee, wow, tough crowd. No, no, no. I, 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 I traditionally love um, Nordic history, so that's like very much a thing that I've looked into. So like a, a honeyed quad. So Sydney's about to use you... algebra twice in one night. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know. I'm, I'm really going for it. I'm going to be real burnt out tomorrow, you guys. Um, so there's actually, um, within the past 20 or so years, I would do what's called a sati. Uh, so during the Finnish age, a lot of, well, actually during the Viking age in Finland, um, they brewed what's called sati, and they just recently found this beer on sunken Viking ships um, that still has some things on it. And it usually contains like hops, malted barley, malted rye, and then juniper. So again, leaning into <laughs> my personal taste, I like gin. And gin is very much like a piney alcoholic beer, not beer, alcoholic beverage. Um, but yeah, so mead is great. Mead, the honey wine, very standard, very much what a lot of people associate with Viking culture. But there were like different brews for different occasions. Um, and like men and women actually drank different styles of beer but the sati is what i would go with um simply because i know that's what they traditionally drank and they actually took um when they did the funeral pyres for viking warriors which a lot of people know about they would take these um just like i i would call them keg barrels maybe they took these barrels of this specific beer and like um the mother would brew it the wife would brew it, um, depend, depending on their family members. And they would take that barrel and they would take one barrel from like the wife and the mother that they like worked on together and they would put it on the funeral pyre with the person that passed away uh, sometimes. And again, this is like something that I've learned over time. I'm not, you know, <clears throat> not an archaeologist, not an anthropologist. I don't know as much as history as a lot of people do, but the sati would be what I would brew. So I would do hops, malted barley, malted rye, and juniper. Personally as well, because I do like, again, I do like gin, um, and it has that very pine tree, very refreshing taste to it. And I think that's something that, like, again, Vikings really much leaned into Valhalla, um, and juniper would be like that refreshment and that like bringing back into the afterlife well damn you guys are not <laughs> making this easy <laughs> like at all. Can, I, can i go first steve since it was, go first if you want i mean yeah so holy santa claus shit <laughs> and uh so that was awesome uh like I feel like did I just watch the Earth or Discovery I'm just Channel? Giving like, you guys, uh, I'm just giving you guys a history lesson here. No big deal. So you know, this may surprise some people, but I'm going to go with the Honey Quad from Adam, and here's why. I loved all the information. I loved the story. I loved everything that Sid said. But the only thing that worries me is that Viking came fresh back in time you know, or forward in time to our day. If you serve him a beer that was traditional to his style and you're wrong, 
your family dies. Like that's something oh, that yes. he just, that's something he had yesterday. And we're going off of hundred year old oxidized, but actually I don't know if it would be oxidized since it's down in the, either way, it can't be just as fresh as what he had. And we're going off of that for our flavor profile, but that's my reason for going with uh, Adam's honey quad. I think that's something that's different enough for him or him or her to taste and go, oh, this is like, I know honey, but this is new. I like this. Oh my God, this is getting me drunk faster. This is awesome. Uh, so that's why I'll have to go with the honey quad because if you serve him that shoddy uh, type style and it's not when he's used to, your family dies. Well, the other thing, Dennis, to kind of piggyback on that, when it comes to storyline continuity, trust the pro wrestler. <laughs> hey hey fair Fast. fair enough and, fair and enough. Sid, just to be clear like it was all on the premise of the question that's another beer style that i like i want to dig into i want to learn more about i want to have it oh you you won't find that one anywhere that one doesn't get brewed anywhere um, that's just like my my little like that's like it. that's like my my little corner of knowledge in this part of my head right here. <laughs> there, oh, oh well, no 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 no! If no. only you worked for a brewery. <laughs> oh man, who, who would have thought, right? There there has actually been at least one sati brewed in Pittsburgh, and it was brewed for oh, a Pittsburgh craft craft beer week. It was years ago, but uh, oh. Yeah, I, 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 under I, the old I, regime. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I even forget who did it, but it was the same year somebody also brewed a grisette. So somebody was bringing out old world styles that year, and there was a sati that year. Did you and, have oh, it, wow. Steve? Yeah, no, I did have the sati, and I actually had it at uh, the cranberry. Uh, what is that barbecue place, Adam? You know. Oh, uh, pig iron. Pig iron, yeah. Mm. yeah. It was at pig iron because they had they had all of the uh, choices that year. Yes. What did you think about it, Steve? Uh, it was fine. It like it reminded me more of a farmhouse, and generally, from what I've read about that style, because we've talked we've talked about that on the show in the past of uh, sauties, and there's another one. I think it's called like God uh, Godric Slicker or something like that, but it translates hmm. to God's drink. Yeah, we've talked about it in the past, but it I think it's more of a like Sydney uh, was saying, it's like a piney farmhouse. So when it's done right and it's like way low in ABV because they don't, uh, they don't use traditional grain. They don't boil anything. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to get enough sugars. And yeah. It's just, it's just like they pour hot water over a big bed of, you know, juniper and fucking grain. So, yeah. I mean, it still sounds like, like a good refreshing drink. Yeah. It's not, it's not bad and it's, it's low in ABV, but yeah. You uh, just got to drink a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, I guess since I'm already talking, though, uh, I did have a correct answer when I thought about this. And the correct answer was a smoked braggot that blended mm. meat and sati. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> that would have been the correct answer in that, my mind. That in-between yeah. point, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, Dennis, you actually turned me with your reasoning because the whole point is is we're not trying to impress a Viking back then. And the way agriculture or agriculture and seeds and farming and everything has changed over the past 500 or so years, we would not have access to the same, uh, everything right. that they would. Yeah. And, 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 and how much like hops have developed and malt right. and barley, like the way, uh, and this is like kind of going off on a tangent, 
America actually started off as a huge, huge um, cider country because we did not have the right soil mm-hmm. for barley and hops. So that's that's uh, kind of just going off to the side there. Yeah, but yeah, had- no, that you, you make a very good point how things have developed over the past several hundred years. It's going to be very different. Yeah. Just to back Dennis, what he was saying, like what would really impress somebody from the past is a super clean drinking honey beer. That is also, you know, you said quad. So that's going to be at least I 9%. Love quad. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Exactly. That's going to blow, blow his pelts off. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I got to go with Adam on this one. Well, Sydney, I'm sorry, but you're the one that gets skunked this round. That's okay. That's and, okay. And I actually have a, a different reasoning between both Dennis and Steve because mm. this Viking has come to the 21st century. I, I highly doubt that they will be able to have a telephone booth or DeLorean stashed away to be able to get back there. Mm. So we can't kowtow to them for too long. They'll eventually have to adjust to the beers that we have today and the styles that we have today. So... To me, the the uh, the quad would be the way to go to kind of ease them into the beer scene that we have today. So I think that would be the direction to go. It's close. Sure. He would recognize exactly. honey, but if you gave him like a pastry stout, he wouldn't recognize pastry because they didn't have those. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that boy My is getting roll. hammered on roll. his first day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He What's a moniker peach? from... He changed his moniker from the Viking to the Berserker and go nuts. <laughs> yeah. The idea no. of pastry stouts. Some, somebody, somebody just give him a sweet roll because someone stole it from him. <laughs> you know, my, my man, Hop Nation Adam said, ease him in with like 11% beer. That's right. <laughs> he's still so he's a Viking. Gonna... <laughs> True. <laughs> but the beers that they drank to its point were lower in ABV and they drank them out of... Uh, horns as we know cattle horns and right. you can't i don't know if you ever drank out of a cattle horn steve i have it's not one, easy and you can't set you can't not only is it not easy you can't set it down so it has to <laughs> be something that you slam or you pass around <laughs> okay but the reason why they drank those is because the water was shit back then and it yeah was, facts it full facts. of disease so you drank sauties as just water it was the mm-hmm. mead and the high abv stuff that really get you going that that's was also how, uh, i thought i thought you said they didn't boil it mm-hmm. i thought you said they didn't boil the sati they just poured it the hot I mean, water they made over. it hot they made it hot okay and there is probably like a natural filtering like have you ever seen a boy scout mm, filter yeah, yeah where it goes so the, through different types of sediment and all that yeah stuff. so that i mean there was like there was mud there was juniper there was you know grains and so it went through all that <laughs> and then you pour it out and you got fucking Hot mud water at four point five percent. Did you pour it through the sediment? I don't want to get the poops. <laughs> Beer name called it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the poops. Oh god. <laughs> All right. We're tied. Three points to three points. Sid Sid and Adam each. Oh, here we go. So I'm I, sorry, Adam. I, I, I love you, but I need to woo! crush you. She said, she said I need I, I, I need this win more than I need a job. I'm so gonna screw you, Adam. You're the lamentation of the women, right? So hey, I she knows more than you. I will leave I will leave the points 
uh, how the points are divided up in this last one to the judges, to each judge. But, you know, uh, I did a little, uh, Sid, you recently followed us on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. I did a little Sean Evans deep dive and went through your Instagram. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, no. And Adam, I, I, uh, hot ones. <laughs> Adam, I already know that you know you're a pro wrestler, so you train hard and you go through a lot of exercise. And Sid, I found that you are also an outdoorsy, exercisey type. Yes, yes. So your prompt is: brew a series of beers for a triathlon. One Ooh. beer for each Ooh. stage. Okay. Oh, can I go first? Go ahead. <laughs> Yo, wow, that is I... quick. <laughs> they are so excited. Like I'm not. <laughs> Damn. Oh, uh, so first beer that I would brew would be a Goza. If you're going to start a triathlon, you want to start with a Goza. Um, it's going to be light, going to be easy, but you also have that salt and lime content. That salt will help with um, hydration retention. Just, um, not to cut you off, I just want to be clear. You drink each beer after each stage. I would still do with. Okay. The, I would yeah. still go yeah. with the Goza. <laughs> didn't know if that changed anything for you, but I didn't want you to get too into it. With if it did. no, no, no. Okay. I, I appreciate the uh, the interjection. That was yeah. very helpful. I would still go with the Goza. Okay. Um, you still have that very light salt content. You don't want something that's super heavy in the stomach after your first segment and leading into your second segment. Um, Goza would be really good for that. It'll help you keep that hydration that you're going to try to keep going throughout. Um, second, I would actually go with, I'm actually going to go with a particular, um, I'm going to say something along the lines of Weiss Stefaner, one of their beers. Um, so I would go with like maybe their, Probably their um, Weiss beer, their Hefe Weiss beer for the second segment. Either that or like a Vitus, but like a, a, a Weiss would be what I go for. And then to finish out, because I did the Hell on Hills down in Beachview and like Dormont, and that is literally Hell on Hills. It's really cool. It's a beautiful like little 5k that goes up the steepest hill in Pittsburgh. Um, so second one would be the Weiss beer. And then third, I would probably finish off with a Baltic Porter. Um, because I know personally, that's what I would like to drink. There's like no history behind this one. This is personally just what I would like to go for if I were running you know, a, a triathlon or a marathon or something like that. I would, I would want to finish off with like a really nice Baltic Porter and a donut. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like in this one, this is just like my personal preference. Mad I would want to start, for I, would, that. I would want to start with a traditional Goza, go with a Weiss in the second one, uh, just to keep me going and then finish off with a Baltic Porter and then a donut. All right. Happy hour. Yeah, you know, it's funny. The moment you mentioned it, I already had all three in my mind. So, (laughs) I mean, number one, first and foremost, I actually, uh, the first one would be a wit beer. And uh, for me, because it kind of uh, brings out uh, the herbs of life. And I mean, you know, you get some of that coriander, some of that citrusiness and whatnot. Uh, For me, that's kind of life in terms of, 
you know, relevant to something like a triathlon. At the end of the second stage, a Kolsch, because <laughs> to me, a Kolsch is a thirst quencher. I, I love Kolsch's as a thirst, thirst quencher because, you know, you take a little bit of the fruity esters, combine it with just the general uh, nature of a Kolsch that really it's supposed to be an easy drinking beer that kind of makes you feel like you're hydrating. Uh, and that's what I love about it. Uh, and for me personally, cultures are a thirst quencher. And then third, because this is after the third event, barley wine, because <laughs> barley wine is life. And when you finish that triathlon, nothing more triumphant than like a 13 or 14% barley wine that gives you like that dark fruit flavor that just makes you think, oh, yeah. this is the desserts of victory. <laughs> okay, I give my point to Adam. <laughs> he's, he's so right. But no, for me personally, it would be my three, but I, I understand where he's coming from as well. All right. Uh, I mean, wow. I, I have how the points I want to give out to give out, but, uh, you know, Adam or Dennis, if you guys want to go first, go ahead. All right. So for me, number one, so see, uh, just so I'm clear, each category, we can assign different points to a different person. You, if you want to give three points to one person, or if you want to give one point for each category, go ahead. It's up to you. I'm going to do it by category. It just helps me think through this a little bit better. Uh, so uh, with me being, you know, also a semi, you know, somewhat fitness guru and just a nerd when it comes to researching so much stuff, number one, uh, first point for the first beer, it's going to go to Sid. Like it, it's just a no brainer for some of those, you know, consuming a beer with some of those electrolytes in there, especially if you're doing a, you know, triathlon and, and depending upon weather conditions, like you're going to need those electrolytes. So one point to Sid there. Thank you. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, second point is a toughie for me. So there's no like science for me to kind of, cause they're not necessarily that they're similar styles. I mean, but from, you know, different vitamins, nutrients and everything that you're going to find both of those styles are going to be somewhat similar. So then I have to rely on uh, my own personal opinion, which is a coach all day, every day. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'll give a point to the Kolsch. I think it's still going to be light and refreshing because uh, just as we said before, I, I don't want anything too extremely heavy. Um, and then third, Jesus, you guys made this incredibly difficult. I love Baltic <laughs> porters. I love barley wines. So just so I, it would help me think through who to give a point to. I wrote down what I would do. And then I ended it with like a triple IPA and I wrote snap back to reality, so <laughs> then, which is also a great beer name, I guess. So it's what I have to give a point to the barley wine. Like, cause I feel like after you grinded your freaking face off, you need to snap back to reality. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, Hop Nation, Adam, your points. So, so for me, uh, round one, and I assume this is the swimming portion of the triathlon. Yes, it does go <laughs> swimming, biking. Yeah, well, it goes swimming, biking, running. Yes, and for those that don't enjoy watching the Iron Man on NBC every December while you're eating a giant burrito the size of a football and thinking you should probably walk outside <laughs> once in a while. Never done that before. Mm -hmm. Well, you just insulted like three quarters of America. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well... <laughs> Maybe they need to get off the couch just like me. Anyways, <laughs> uh, 
I'm, I'm way fatter and I didn't care about that. <laughs> for, for the swimming segment, I have to go with the Goza. That makes complete sense uh, to build up those electrolytes to get that saltiness because once you sweat, all that's going to be leaving your body. So to be able to have a little bit of that build up on the front end, that makes complete sense. So a, a point to Sydney on that one for the Goza. For the biking segment, I'm disappointed that nobody uh, forced a uh, barrel-aged stout on anybody on a bicycle. No, no. No, no. I know better. Because <laughs> if, if they have to drink the beer, why not make it miserable? Jesus. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> But uh, I want to notate behind Adam, there's like the American Revolution portrait going on. So this smell makes sense. That's right. We'll always fight for liberty. And that includes barrel eight stouts after riding a bicycle for 120 miles. But I think I have to go with the Kolsch. Uh, That one makes a lot of sense to be able to get a little bit of the hydration there uh, to kind of, you know, give you a little bit of fuel to keep going. I think that's the right move there. So Sydney gets one, uh, Mr. H's gets one, and that gives us the third segment. Double H, come on. <laughs> he said H's, Mr. meaning H's. more than one. Yeah, no, right. That's more of a wrestling reference. Is blink. <laughs> so actually, mine was a wrestling reference. A very obscure one. Oh, Mr. H's, yeah. I'll explain later because okay. I'm on a roll right now. Yeah, sure. But uh, Baltic Porter barley wine, Baltic Porter barley wine. Those are those. Uh, they both have their pros and their cons. But going back to my earlier assertion of making a couple people suffer, I'd love <laughs> to see a barley wine at the at the finish line because you're going to to have those people that really looking forward to the barley line wine and those that are absolutely dreading it coming across the line and i'm i'm the one dreading it <laughs> see, there you go and for me the person that's going to be handing out the beers at the end because there's no way in hell i'm going to be doing a triathlon the way i'm looking right now i gotta go barley wine so fair enough so adam two points to you sydney one point to you all right and it comes down to me so the first stage is swimming, and Sydney, you're absolutely correct with the Goza. That's that's the way it goes. Ha ha. <laughs> uh, but to, to add a little something extra from what everybody else was saying, uh, aside from the minerals and such, you're also, if you're getting out of the sea, then you can have something with sea salt in it. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> fine and dandy. It, it ties into the event. Uh Second stage, there was a right answer, and the right answer was Radler. Ooh, you're right. <laughs> Ooh. I, didn't, I didn't want to lead too hard into another beer similar to a Goza. So. <laughs> that's, that's fair, but I, I believe a Radler is a very classic. Um, it was originally for bike training because it was lemonade mixed with beer to mm-hmm. cut, down, cut down on the beer. So you got the minerals from the beer, but you also got hydration from the lemonade. Uh, however, I'm going to go with the Kolsch. It just seems like a more clean drinking experience. You can probably put it down really quick if you had to. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Weiss beers, they're just a little thicker, a little heavier uh, mm-hmm. from my estimation. So yeah, no, unfortunately, yeah. I'll have to go through the Kolsch. So it comes down to the final round. And Sydney, you were way ahead with Baltic Porter. 
the answer, I, there is no right answer to this. There was just the answer I was looking for, which was dark and heavy. <laughs> <laughs> so Sydney, you were winning until Adam said barley wine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fair enough. I just, I just personally, I was like, oh, I can't. I, if I were to drink a barley wine after a triathlon, I would vomit. Um, and that's no offense to a barley wine. Cause I do like a good barley wine. I just know that after all of that stress on my body, I would not be able to handle it personally. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and I guess in a way that's the fourth event. <laughs> <laughs> the, vomit. <laughs> the vomit is the fourth. I mean, it really the quad is, an is keeping it down really, a barley wine. It really like, is a, an event of its own. <laughs> it's like, you want to have another beer while well, I got room now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that donut they just gave you? Yeah, we got room for that. <laughs> With that, though, uh, Adam, happy hour. You are our champion of the 412 <gasps> Brewery okay. and Diversity Council. <laughs> For now, and we, awesome. may, we, we may test you again as we did Darren. We tested Darren twice because he had to get tested <laughs> against Bobby Nacho. <laughs> but with that, I think we can just come right to our guests, uh, Sydney and Adam, and let them just plug uh, anywhere you can find them. Any last thoughts about the Diversity Council? Uh, Anything else about 412? Uh, your, yeah. The floor is yours now. I, I will lead. Um, I'm going to interject here. I will lead just to give a um, last note on the Diversity Council. I just want to kind of give a little rundown of our logo for anyone that kind of has questions because we didn't, we haven't really explained it quite yet. Um, but our logo is a hemlock branch with the cone at the end. And this, I, I really want to give huge, huge props to Mikey on this one, because he's the one that really came up with this idea, developed it, came up with all of our logos and, and had a huge dedication to making this something for us. Our logo has the, you know, Pittsburgh Brewery Diversity Council around the sides, or it has PBDC. Uh, we'll have it for different applications. We will have it for different things. But the main logo is the Pittsburgh Brewery Diversity Council. And then it has a hemlock branch in the middle with a hemlock kind of cone, pine cone. And the point behind that is the Eastern hemlock is the uh, Pennsylvania state tree. It's been the Pennsylvania state state tree since I believe the thirties, like 1930s. And the point behind that is really, we want this, the hemlock is a huge, beautiful tree that is beautiful for, for canopies, for developing forests, especially in Pennsylvania. And our point was, we don't want to do the whole entire tree simply because we are an ever-evolving, ever-developing creation. And hemlocks can age to hundreds of years old. And we did the, the cone because we want to plant those seeds. We want to develop those roots. And that's, I think, what we realize is we're not going to have a whole tree within a year. And we know this is going to be something that develops past ourselves 
And this is something like kind of personal that I kind of put into our conversation when we were first discussing the hemlock. In some cultures, the hemlock is used for symbolization of protection and growth. And we want that to be our big statement. We want to protect people. We want to have that growth within people. And that's why we chose that for our symbolism. And that's why we chose that for our logo. We want to listen to people and we want to have these conversations within the Pittsburgh Brewery Diversity Council. And that's why we felt that resonated with us so much. So if you do see our logo, that's what it is. Awesome. Fantastic. Yes. And so uh, is there any social media or any uh, other place people can follow the Diversity Council and just get updates on it? Yeah. So we, uh, within the past week, we just started on Instagram and on Facebook. On Instagram, it's PGH Diversity Council, all one thing. And then on our Facebook, it is the Pittsburgh Bright, uh, the Pittsburgh Brewery and Taproom Diversity Council. And we're developing that more. And as I said, we are working on our website. So look for that within the next couple of weeks. So if you don't see it yet, just be a little bit more patient. We are getting it underway and trying to make sure it is all streamlined and works well before we announce that to the public. We want to just make sure that it's easy to navigate for everyone. Okay, cool. Uh, and uh, 412 Brewery and Happy Hour. Any places people can find all that? Yep. You can find us on Facebook, 412 Brewery. You can find us on Instagram at 412 Brewery. Uh, and uh, as mentioned by Sydney earlier, she and uh, Rocco's wife effectively run the social media for yep. 412 Brewery. So, uh, you know, that you can you already know that with sydney especially with what she brought today she brought some a game today and uh you know it's in good hands so you're going to be well informed definitely can't can't attest to that yes (laughs) brought all my history (laughs) right seriously the whole whole textbook absolutely no i was going to say hold on let's say let's be frank you know just to tie it in that was an excellent prelude to she knows more than you (laughs) yeah if you didn't learn anything tonight I, I learned more learn from Sydney tonight. tonight than I did fifth grade social studies. Right. Like, yeah, if, you, if you didn't learn anything tonight, follow me on Instagram, send me a message. I will, uh, I I'm happy to talk to you as long as you come to me with honesty and don't commit me aggressively because I'm not going to say anything aggressive back to you. I'm just not going to answer you because I, I don't have the space for that in my life. And if you come at me aggressively, I will answer you back twice as aggressive. (laughs) I have a big, the one thing that I have, I know for certain, I have a big personality. If I'm in the room, you know, I'm in the room. If you don't know I'm in the room, you need to take that damn blindfold off. (laughs) Well, actually you have two things because you also have the invincible beer gut. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. You know, I'll say this. If you get a chance, uh, download the stream for Intergender Bonanza uh, 6. 
that's where I actually got to demonstrate some invincible beer gut. So uh, nice. feel free to demonstrate. Uh, feel free to download that. <laughs> get, get, a, get a preview of what could be coming in September. Uh, just so you know, you have to make sure you have the incognito tab on before you download that. <laughs> if you have questions, if you want to be more involved in the council if you want to know what we're doing in the upcoming months and we haven't announced things yet i'm happy to talk to you i I love talking to people about beer and bringing more people into this community and making them feel more welcome and like they should be at ease because that's again that's the whole point of what we're doing here we want people to feel represented we want people to feel welcome in this industry and we are happy to accept all actual or potential positive energy because at the end of the day if you have positive energy let us help you channel it exactly completely agree facts <laughs> yes <laughs> yes that's the time for yes <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> all right so well dennis uh why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and what you have going on hell yeah <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm I don't know. I feel like in. you leaned in. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, guys. If you want to find out more about First Hit Brewbox, please check us out. FirstHitBrewbox.com. This month, we actually debuted our new diversity shirt, which makes up the three different colors of the Pan-African-American flag, which is super, super dope. On the back of the shirt, we have a really inspiring quote. Support diversity. Jump in there. Get it. Uh, first hit brew box diversity box um, again at first hit brew you can reach us at seven different social media platforms at first hit brew box uh, with that said some of the big events we have coming up in the future on march 26th we are partnering with hops for hearth which is a really great uh beer fest virtual beer fest that we fell in love with back when it wasn't virtual because they do a lot of great stuff for women and children homeless women and children especially ones escaping out of crisis, whether it be, you know, domestic violence or what, what, what have you. Uh, we just fell in love with their message and we've been partners with them for the last three or four years. Um, last year, we did a really cool collaboration beer with Lincoln Avenue Brewery located in Bellevue, Pennsylvania. However, COVID punched that in the face and, you know, kind of <laughs> really, really canceled out that, uh, that collaboration. Um, however, now this year, working with them. I personally, Dennis, the beer guy on Instagram and co-owner of first at brew box will be emceeing or emceeing and searing. Maybe if I'm cooking <laughs> steaks, I might be cooking a steak, but for I'm there this for that specific occasion. I will be emceeing the event, which is going to be my first ever uh, speaking arrangement uh, in that capacity. So come watch me fall on my face for a great cause, which I am all about. Again, March 26th, jump over uh, to Harps, Hops for Hearth, uh, their webpage, and you'll be able to see all the news about that. Grab yourself a ticket. They're for everyone in and around the Pittsburgh area. We are also working with Vicini Beer Distributing, where you can go there. We're doing an exclusive uh, craft beer, six-pack for VIP, four-pack for general admission. You can go there, snag those, and we're doing the first ever First Hit Brew box mini box where you're going to be able to also pick up unique craft 
beer snacks with your beer. Uh, and we're partnering with some really cool breweries. For example, Trogues. We're trying to we're getting one of their brewers cool. on the on the beer fest to talk about one of the Trogues beers you're going to be having while you're watching the festival. Mm. Logyard. Um, we're also doing Anderson Valley is going to be on there. So some really unique breweries and stay tuned on search us on YouTube for the daily sip at our first sip brew box handle. Cause we're actually doing many interviews with each one of those really unique brewers. So check us out. I know I said a lot and I drink a lot. So yeah, no, I'm done now. Okay. <laughs> uh, just for a little clarity on uh, where to find all that, go to hearth-bp.org and then click on their signature events tab or just search hops for hearth in your Google and it'll come right up. That's it. Yeah. We're going first at Brewbox on social media and we've posted it on every single one of our uh, platforms. You'll be able to find one of the links to take you there to snag a ticket. Mm -hmm. Oh, beautiful. Right on. I, I, already, I already found it. I just went into it. <laughs> Good stuff. See, it's just that easy. <laughs> and if Steve, and if you want to find us on social media, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA, and that'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA on your favorite podcatcher like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anything that starts with pod and ends with cast, we're on those platforms. And if you're on any of those platforms, leave a five-star review because we are a 412-star show. But they only let us use five. And that's a bigger crime than Steve not getting my old, my 10-year-old R-Truth references. Oh, man. R-Truth. Oh, the truth killing. Oh, you're throwing me back here. Poor Steve. It's, oh, hey, it's by me. I don't, my, get, my I don't man, get them all. My man, Ron. You can't get them all, man. Steve, it's not your fault. I'm on your side on this one. <laughs> it's okay, Steve. We're still friends. All right. It's fine. <laughs> but yes, uh, thanks again to Adam and Sydney coming on. And of course, thanks to Dennis. You you know, it's been a couple episodes since you've been on, but you know, you're back. Been a little bit. I'm hey. here for all my bugaboos. Hey, thanks. Uh, thank you so much for having us. I really appreciate you uh, giving us this platform to spread what we're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. We are we are happy to help. Yeah, it's a, cheers. You know, cheers to that, you guys. <laughs> it's it's always things that we like. We try not to bring things on this show that we don't believe in. So <laughs> that's why we don't have Evil Twin on, and that's why we do bring on you know things that we believe in, like wrestling for everybody and diversity councils, and we bring on breweries that we like, and we bring on people who are doing good things in the brewing community. We like <laughs> to surround ourselves with good people and good things. Yes. Oh, hey, who would have thought? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Adam's like, because one day that will help me get into heaven. <laughs> Every little bit helps. Right. Well, don't don't you guys worry. I will take over the throne of hell. I'll make sure you guys are nice and warm, really well taken care of. <laughs> I like how Steve's not even pretending. He's like, Yeah, could you guys get popcorn down there too? <laughs> oh, I have I, I homemade my popcorn. Let's go. <laughs> homemade helmet. Hey, listen, Wait, are we listen, still recording? Some, I actually don't know. Yes, we're still technically yeah, recording. Uh, but oh, God. We can just recording. With we some can Cajun just, seasoning on there. You can just cut it. It's fine. You just thanks to everybody listening, and then we'll see you next week with something new. 